Glory to Jesus. We bless you, Father. Glory to the Lamb of God. Elion, we worship you this morning. You are glorious, beautiful for all situation. Thank you. Love you, Father, this morning. I rejoice in you. My heart celebrate another glorious day today, the 28th of the month of January. We thank you. We rejoice in you. We celebrate your voice over us. We celebrate your voice over us. We honor you this day. We glorify your name. Thank you, Father, for the church of the firstborn. Thank you for a company of men and women whom your spirit has apprehended in this season. For such a time as this, you have brought us to the place of reflection, to the place of truth, to the place of your intentions. Your will, once again, is finding inroad and expression in and through our life we glorify you thank you father honor and praise be unto you we fix our eyes on jesus the author and the finisher of our faith hallelujah glory 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 thank you yahweh Thank you, Lamb of God. Thank you, Father, for a company of men and women across the globe whose heart, O oh God, are seeking and journeying to the place of your voice, the place of your desire, the place of your counsel. We thank you. <clears throat> we are coming to the place of confluence, the place of congruence, the place of unity where every part of our life, of our being, is agreeing to your voice to your word yes we say yes to your ways we say yes to your will have your way be glorified amen hallelujah therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off every hindrance and the sin that so easily entangles us let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith for the joy that was <clears throat> excuse me for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God consider him who endures such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose hearts and then the next scripture I'm going to read <clears throat> in the same Hebrews 12 you have not come to a mountain that can be touched <clears throat> excuse me you have not come to a mountain that can be touched that is burning with fire 
to darkness and gloom and storm to a trumpet or trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it beg that no further words be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded friends i want to welcome you this morning to our light broadcast this is the Potter's Gate online broadcast. As you know, my name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola. By God's grace, the Spirit of the Lord has continued to apprehend me. And I believe those of us who are tracking and hearing and following <clears throat> the voice of the Father for this new day, there's an apprehending, there's a summoning, there is a call, there's a demand once again to press into Christ. To move yonder in the ladder of the spirit. To see that which God, amen, is revealing to us in this season. <clears throat> Excuse me, please do not mind my voice. To see what the spirit of the Lord, amen, is showing us. They bring us to a, pl a place in, in, the, in the dimension of our work with God. And then they show us the next reality of what we are supposed to come into. And the more we see it, the more our heart, amen, yearns for it. Journey towards that thing. The more we press into apprehend. And this is for this reason I, I read the scriptures out, all right, in Hebrews chapter 12. Let me read it again because we need to have an anchor that our faith, amen, yes, is, is established on that. That keeps our faith, particularly in seasons and days like this. We are Believing the Father to help us to continue to keep, amen, the, 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 the journey to keep the faith, to keep our eyes on him. It says, therefore, verse 1 of that Hebrews 12, since we are surrounded, these are scriptures that must become part of our life. They must become, become the, the very value system that drives, amen, our movement. I mean, as you know, the work, our work with God, amen, is a progressive thing. Amen. When we say church, of course we are the church and we are progressing, we are moving, we are you know, entering into all of God's intentions for our life, which I've just read. But let me read again. Therefore, since we are surrounded, so we're not alone. And that must become a reality to you and I, friends, that in, in a state where we feel like we are alone, Jacob thought he was alone Amen. in that journey. When the sun set on him and he could not he could not travel further. You see, the hand of the Lord had always been with him. The intentions of God, amen, for his life, hallelujah, had not shifted. Even though the enemy had sought to use his flesh, his carnality, amen. Yes, to jump start, to you know, to run again to run against or to run ahead or to steal what a man was not his own the bible said that he stole his his brother's you know but right jesus the lord was speaking to me this morning about the concept of the firstborn the firstborn church and one of the things that was said about the firstborn is that the firstborn is given a double portion i never thought of this i never thought of this just when I mentioned Jacob, it just struck me. In fact, I've already done the design. You know, it's supposed to be something that I, I'm supposed to be introducing in this teaching that we're doing. Oh my word, this is this is amazing. I'm going to show you now. Hopefully, I, I, I still have it somewhere. 
This is just amazing. Jacob stole his brother's birthright. He stole the position of a firstborn. It cannot be done. It is it is illegal. Amen. It is not amen. Just excuse me. I, I need to show you this. God is definitely you know up to something. I was supposed to you know teach on this, speak on this, but I said to myself, no, I need to just continue because it was a fresh word. God just dropped in my spirit. So I'm still brewing on it. I'm still thinking about it, and that's how you know I, I mean I track with the things of God. Alright. So I'm still on it. But as I mentioned, Jacob now, I mean, he just struck my spirit. I'm sure I'm going to show you now. It's coming. Wait for it. There you go. The firstborn company. The firstborn, amen, company principle. Remember that we are dealing with, we're dealing with, foundational values and principle in occupying till Jesus come. Jesus Christ. Jesus. I'm, I'm picking things in my spirit. <laughs> We're dealing with, amen, the principle of how to occupy. You cannot steal your way into occupying the things of God. Ah, Lord, help me, Lord. <laughs> you can't steal your way. You can't jump. You can't, you can't force your way into it. You can't, you, you can't be somebody else. You can't take another person's persona. You can't take another person's identity. You can't take another person's authority or position, amen, to represent God. God is building his church, friends. The Lord is building his house. I hope you watching and listening to me, you will take these things to heart. Alright, I wasn't intending to, and in fact, I'm not going to, you know, dwell too long on this because I really still want God, amen, to speak to me about the principle of the firstborn. You know, back in the days, in the Old Testament, uh, or excuse me, not in the Old Testament, yes, of course, the principle is in the Old Testament, which is applicable. Remember, Jesus is the firstborn, and the Bible talks about the firstborn church, all right? all right? In fact, the scripture that I'm talking, I'm reading right now, will lead us to the place where he speaks to the firstborn church. In fact, maybe I should just read that. Let me read the verse 1 first. It says, therefore, because of a reason, it's important. That as we read scripture in this new day, scripture must speak to us in such a way, amen, that resonates with every part of our being. Please don't mind, my office is, is just looking, you know, scattered. That's because, you know, I'm on a transition, all right? So, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and that was what led me to talk about, you know, Jacob, because oftentimes we're in a place and you think you're alone. You think nobody is there. You think God has forgotten you. You think, all right, uh, be, the, the reason why you, where you are is because of your sin. And sometimes, almost times, sin will bring us to the place where we are isolated. But even in our isolation, the Father is there. All he wants, amen, is for you to come to yourself and realize what you have done, amen, and ask, amen, for forgiveness and repent. Then you feel his presence. That doesn't mean, all right, that you will not go through the consequence, amen, of your action. Because for every action, there's a reaction. For every seed you sow, there's a fruit. But he himself will, will, will assist you, amen, will walk with you, will help you to understand why you need to go through what you need to go through because he whom the father love he chastised the the chastening of god comes with love when we amen so you know to the flesh we will reap 
But what God does when we repent is that it will make us, it will allow us to go through a process that will refine us rather than destroy us. And that's one thing I love about, you know, God who is our father. And that's one of the things we saw that, amen, even when Jesus was hung on the cross, guess what? The father had to allow him because he knew that, amen, Jesus being hung on the cross is for the redemption of Isaiah Phillips. So he had to take his face away. You have to pay that price. You have to go through that thing. All right. Yes. Because of that which is ahead. Amazing. 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 Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us. You've got to know first that you are surrounded. That you are not alone. Amen. That you are not in the problem alone. That you are not in that situation alone. All right. Therefore, since we know that we are surrounded. Do you know? That there are great cloud of witnesses around you. That there are, te- you know, testimony. There are men. There are, there, are, there are dimensions that you cannot see with your physical natural eyes. Amen. That are with you. They that are with us are more than they that are against us. When the enemy pushes us to a point and a place where we begin to feel alone. When we begin to feel lonely. When we begin to feel, you know, disconnected, rejected, depressed. Then he has defeated us. And amen. It is that revelation or that understanding that we are not alone. Everyone who walk with God in their day or in their state of being alone. Amen. Yes, they were, they were aware of the presence of God. You talk about Joseph. Joseph was, a, Joseph was very aware that he was not alone with Potiphar's wife. He knew that God was present there. Abraham was aware that God was there. Amen. Amen. When, when, Noah, when, excuse me, when Noah was building the ark, he knew that he was not alone. We have to arm ourselves, amen, with this grace, with this revelation, with this understanding that we are surrounded. I'm surrounded. We are surrounded. We're not alone. Can you feel, hallelujah, the flappings of the wings, hallelujah, of the angels? Can you feel, amen, the presence of the Lord? Can you feel, amen, the reality? When you read the word of God, can you feel the presence of God's word there? Can you feel the word jumping out and encouraging you? All of those brethren who died, who were thrown to lions, who were, you know, put in prison. I mean, they knew something that their, 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 their captors never knew. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up, amen, in the midst of the, of, of, of the compromise that pervaded the land, they knew they were not alone. They knew they were standing for something. You may not feel them because those presence cannot be touched with your five sensory you know, organs. The, the presence of God cannot be touched, cannot be felt. God is a spirit. And that's why the message of Isaiah Philip is to awaken your spirit, is to empower you, is for you to be alive in the spirit so you know. When God walks in, you will know he's there. They're like, who? He's there. Can't you see? He's there. I can see him. <laughs> are, you, are you out of your mind? Are you, you lost it? I've not lost it. He's there. His word is alive. His presence is there. Wherever you are right now that you think you're alone, no, it's a state of your mind that is playing games with you. Since we are surrounded by such 
a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off. You see, it is that awareness that makes you, amen, throw off sin please don't pollute me don't don't corrupt the presence of god in my life amen god cannot behold sin and iniquity that is what makes us amen do away with the works of the flesh because we know amen who is there with us there are certain people there are certain dignitaries amen when you are among them you behave yourself hallelujah when you are sitting with the king there's a way you compose yourself there's a composure. There's a way, hallelujah, you carry yourself. When you're sitting, amen, among people that matters, you don't just do things anyhow. No, the awareness of their presence, amen, shifts values and character. Imagine the presidents of South Africa, hallelujah, come into your house and yeah, you're just sitting down with your tattered jeans or whatever and you're just like, oh, Mr. President, welcome. No, his presence command, hallelujah, that you, you realign, that you dress, that you, you know, yes, that's what we're talking about. That when God, when you know the Father, God is in your life. Even when they say, take that thing, you say, sorry, because I know he's watching me. <laughs> he's there. He wouldn't allow that. He would not approve that. I told you a few days ago, my son, when he wants to do something that he knows is wrong, he looks at my face. Why is he seeking for approval? Do you approve? <laughs> Can I? No, no, Zadok, you cannot. When you lose that, you've lost everything. You've lost your edge. When you lose the sense of his presence in defining what, what he approves or disapproves, you've lost it. And unfortunately, many have lost it. I'm just basically welcoming you in this morning. I'm giving you an introduction. I'm just trying to encourage us as we continue to press in into, amen, the heart of God. Let us throw off every, 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 everything that hinders and the sin. Listen, he said everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, imprison us. And let us run with perseverance. Hallelujah. The race. Let us run with perseverance. The race. Let us run with perseverance. The race. Hallelujah. That is set before us. Let us run the race. With perseverance. When you're running a, you know, a marathon. When you're running a long distance in a race. You need a lot of what? Perseverance. Meaning that everything is telling you stop. Everything is telling you water. Everything is telling you I'm going to die. I'm going to give up now. But you run with perseverance. You develop. You summon strength from a different order. You summon capacity from a different realm beyond your mind. You run with perseverance. The, listen to this. They say the, the race mark out for us. There's a race mark out for Listen, I'm running my own race. My race, amen, is to be a prophetic voice, amen, to my generation, to the nation of South Africa, to the continent of Africa, earlier, and to the different parts of the world. That is my race, amen. Not to not to succumb, amen, to the general accepted, you know, uh, 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 values of the day. No, but to be a yastic, a standard, a measuring order. That's my race. I can't change the way God has 
wired me. I can't change the way I lay. I've been empowered. I've been touched. They've touched my, my mouth with the coal of fire. They've touched my lips. Hallelujah. Yes. Therefore, I cannot but to prophesy. You understand, friends? No matter what happened to me, no matter what I go through, what my flesh go through, I have a message for my generation. I would die with that message, preaching it, declaring it to the last breath, amen, that I have. Put me in a hole, I will still be declaring the same thing. Strip me of everything, I will still be declaring the same thing because that is how they have wired me. I don't know about you. There's a race set before you watching me this morning. Don't be a carbon copy. Don't try, amen, yes, to live your life in the shadows of men. No, there's a period where God put you among men to train you. Though Joseph was given a vision, but they brought him, hallelujah, to the place of training. Though David was given a vision to be a leader, but there was a period they had to wear. Train him. That's what the church is for. To train people. To release them. To go be a voice to their generation. Let us run. This is not a time to walk. This is a time to run. There's a time for everything. This is the time. Because of the urgency. Because of the nature of the day. We run. We run. We run. Amen. The strength you exact in running is totally different from the strength you will exact when you're walking. They're not the same. The stamina you need, amen, to run is totally different from the stamina you need when you're walking. The speed, hallelujah, and the ability to get there, amen, of course, is determined by how you run. They're showing us a pattern of how to occupy till Jesus returns. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes not on the gifts, not on the apostle, not on the prophet, not on the bishop, fixing our eyes, hallelujah, not on human system, not amen, even on our own ability, fixing our eyes on the Messiah, who is the one who pioneer. You see what we're doing, what I'm doing, amen, in this period. We are pioneering something. We are, we, are, we are preparing the path, amen, for a new day ministry. Hallelujah. We are pioneers. We are pioneering something far beyond the minds of men. Far beyond how you knew church. Far beyond how you understood, amen, the things of God. We are pioneering something, hallelujah, that is giving clarity, that is giving precedent, amen, to a new day church, to a firstborn church. The church of the third day is the same. The church of the third day and the church of the firstborn are the same. Are you with me here? Are you following? Are you hearing the voice of Yahweh this morning? Is a voice of God loud and clear to your ears. We're pioneering something. And when you're pioneering, guess what? People often don't see. They only see the manifestation when you're done. A pioneer is, amen, is often not known. Because that person is busy. When you're pioneering something, amen, people don't see it. 
but later they will feel the effect they will feel the impact and if you are very good in pioneering guess what you will run certain people out of business you will run them out of market have you seen certain product you don't know that amen they were on they were being you know they're going through process of the making when they come out every other thing is dwarf you wonder how yes they buy you over they take over why because they understood in fact when you're pioneering it's often done in secrecy Are you listening to me I'm just being distracted here but it's fine <laughs> when you're pioneering it's often done where in secrecy so Please stop saying God, but nobody's hearing me. Are you not supposed to be pioneering something? Are you not supposed to be bringing something new out of the order of the old? Are you not supposed to be a man, the voice of a new day? Are you not supposed to be a man? Yes, that 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 reality that God, amen, is he wants to bring forth in due season. Why are you making noise? Why are you seeking for platform? Why are you seeking for you know pulpit to preach? Let God perfect. Hallelujah. The walk, amen, of a new day in your life. Every generation requires, amen, men and women who can bat the seasons of God, who can come, amen, and change and shift, hallelujah, and disrupt the system. The new always disrupts the old. That's why the old is the enemy of the new. I'm not part of the old. I'm part of the new. Even if I'm 60 years old, I am part of the new. Because the new is not determined by age. The new is determined by how you track God. How you walk with God. When you are walking with God and you are hearing his voice, you will always be part of the voice of the new. Because God always needs people to establish his intentions in the earth. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Are you fixing your eyes on the institution? Are you fixing your eyes on the political landscape? Oh, South Africa, it's almost time for election. You could begin to feel the, the, the election vibe in the air. Believers, we need to do what we need to do. But we must understand that we've got a responsibility to define and to determine the course, the direction to which this nation will go. You don't do things like the old again. Listen, even if the voice of the new is on the minority, shift to that minority. Stop, stop voting for the old and expecting to have the new. Lava there are young men waking up, taking the place of political, hallelujah, you know, landscape. I'm not going to start mentioning names unless you say, but this guy's campaigning. I'm not campaigning, but I'm telling you, the old is dead. As it is in the spirit realm, so it is in every dimension of human life, politically, even in business-wise. There are young people today that are disrupting, amen, the established system. Just with their iPad, just with their laptop, in one room, they are disrupting, hallelujah, big conglomerates. 
your mindset is still locked in the old the old way the old system the old system may be in charge now just like Saul was in charge even though 14 years ago they have deposed him they have derobed him but he was just you understand he was just a figure a figurehead amen king David had replaced him but it took the next 14 years for David to enter into that office you gotta understand this if you can't see it you will not enter you will not experience it so don't 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 be so hooked to the established the established is being removed they said that 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 pe- that you know peg that is so fasting on the world amen will be removed Jonathan died with the old even though he was part he was supposed to be part of the new generation he died with the old because he could not let go he could not cut off with from the old he died with his father he was supposed to be at the side of David am I speaking to a generation here on the if you still have the old mindset or you're looking at me with the old mindset or you're trying to you know align you know uh, uh, what God is doing in my life right now with the old you would have missed God I'm not the person you know three years ago even last year I'm not and if you're working with God you're changed we track ourselves in the place of the new. When we try to interact with each other, even in relationship, from a position of our past, you understand, uh, uh, understanding, or even you know, uh, uh, relationship, is a word that I'm looking for. I need to get this word out. Familiarity. The, they must dangerous thing you can ever do in this season in time is to relate with people from a position of familiarity you have to be tracking people amen yes and event from the spirit as fuck no you know man after the flesh if you do you would have judged yourself and judged people and you will not move on with god because listen people are spirit and spirit amen are journeying with god you don't know what God is doing with people's life. You don't know what God is doing. You only see manifestation. I'm telling you, there's a pioneer spirit taking place. There's a new order of leadership that is going to disrupt, amen. Yes, the political gates of this nation. The people you thought, you believe, you think have what it takes. God will surprise you. Let me prophesy. God will surprise you because you see, God is not done with South Africa. He's not. Do- In fact, one of the reasons why I believe God is shifting me to where He's shifting me is because God wants us to align with certain people who have influence. Amen. To to shift things. There's a shifting taking place. And we're ready to do that. What am I saying? You've got to understand first that your place is to be assured of the presence of God. We're reading Hebrews. Hallelujah. We're Hebrew, reading Hebrews chapter 12. Okay. We are surrounded by such great cloud of witnesses. Therefore, because of that, all right, we throw away everything, everything. We throw away even relationship. Amen. We discard that which, amen, can easily hinder us. 
whatever God calls a sin must be seen to us. That's part of what we're dealing with when we talk about recovering, amen, the Asian part, all right? Whatever God calls a sin is sin. It cannot be defined to be something else. If God says something is a sin, then it's a sin. It means that thing, hallelujah, will hinder you, will block you, amen, will frustrate the intentions of God and the grace of God in your life. That is what sin is. It separates you from God. It steals from you. It lowers you. It takes your identity. It cripples you, yes. It makes you feel like you're worthless. That's what sin reduces people to. Sin reduces people, amen, yes, to a worthless situation. It takes your values. It takes your pride. It takes your identity. It takes your dignity. Even though sin might want, be, might want to be giving to you the glories of this world. The Bible says that, all right, uh, uh, Satan took Jesus to the top of the mountain. He showed him all the glories of this world in a moment. He said, all you need to do is just bow down and worship me. That's sin. Sin is when you bow down to what you're not supposed to bow down to. Sin is when you agree with, amen, who you're not supposed to agree with. It's when you begin to compromise with what you're not supposed to be compromising with. That is sin. Sin is rejecting the place and the authority of God in your life. Sin is basically saying that God is not there, that you do not know the presence of God. If Adam and Eve were aware that God was there in the garden, they would have said no. You know, but you know what I'm talking about. Back in the days when we were youth, you know why we go when we go out, we do what we do because we know that our parents are not there, isn't it? <laughs> I know girls back in the days when they want to go out they dress nice but the clothes they want to wear the real one they want to wear at the party they put it all right in the in the you know in their god knows what <laughs> because they know that daddy will never approve of that dressing at home mommy will never approve at least where where i grew up from the environment i grew up that's how it was they were naughty children back then i was also naughty i could remember taking my uncle's shirt Right? want to go for a friend's you know, you know, party and uh, somehow my uncle's shirt will fit me <laughs> and since I don't have a good shirt so I will take one of his shirts put it in my school bag and there we go <laughs> so when we get there I just change and I'm also going hey, come on <laughs> everybody you know you blend in what was that it was insecurity because I wanted to blend in Sin takes advantage of our lack of identity. It's your lack of identity that makes you think you can sleep with another person's wife, another woman, all right, and you get a pleasure. That is, amen, the most ignorant thing you can do. But if you don't know God, you will sin. Anyone who doesn't know God will live a life of sin. It's natural. It's, it's so natural. You will lie. And because people lie, they think you also lie. Because lie is their nature. So when you're even telling them the truth, they will believe that you're lying. Because lie is, amen, their natural, you know, you know, lingua franca. So they think you're also like them. Are you getting me? You do things, hallelujah, yes, that you know are not allowed at home. And you do this thing freely. You do this thing with liberty. Because you know your parents are not there. You remember the first time you smoke? I'm sure you didn't smoke, you know, before your father. You didn't say, Father, Daddy, I'm learning to smoke. Even if that man is a drunk, he will still slap your face until you, you begin to see, you know, stars. 
He may be doing it, but the fact that you're doing it before him, hallelujah, he, he will fight you. Yes. You may say he's an hypocrite, but there's that thing in him that still says, no, I don't want you doing it. You know why women sometimes will, will, will fight their daughters, will, will be aggressive to their daughter, not because, all right, you, you understand, they're trying to correct their daughter because they're seeing themselves in that girl. So rather than them, you know, correct in a, in a nice, in a good way, you know, in a, you know, in a counseling way, no, because they see what, where they were, they react. They, you wonder, is it what this person just did now that you're, yeah. Because emotions and memory comes at the same time. And all the adrenaline and whoa, whatever. Mm. No. It's because they are seeing themselves. That's why women, you must be careful how you handle your daughter. Watching me, you must be very careful. Or else your daughter will turn to you. Even though you're trying to prevent, you're trying to, you know, stop her from becoming like you. But the way you're going about it, the way you're handling it, amen. It's not true correction. It's true hate. You hate what you're seeing because that's you you're seeing. Oh, shakaya Let us throw off everything that hinders. Why the word hinder? If you don't have purpose, you don't need to bother about hindrance. If you don't have vision, who bothers about hindrance? Throw caution to air. Live your life the way you want to live it. After all, it's my life. Let us throw off everything that hinders. So there are things trying to hinder me from fulfilling my destiny, my call. They say throw away every sin and everything that hinders. That so easily entangles. And let us run. That's a vision. That's a mindset. That's a position heaven is calling us into. How are you running? Write down the vision they say. So that they herald us when they read it. Amen. They can do a run. If the vision is not clear, how do you expect, amen, people around you to run with it? If the vision is not clear to you, if your life is not mirroring the vision, why will people want to run with you? Why will people want to support you? Why will people want to agree with you? Why should people, amen, yes, follow you when you don't have a clarity of the vision? Because vision is what propels us to run. When the vision is clear, amen, and it has grown and come to maturation, you cannot but to run. You will run. But you don't want to run when the vision is not clear. You don't want to run when the vision has not turned to a passion. When the vision has not become a message. When the vision has not become a drive. When the vision, hallelujah, has not become a do or die. Yes, when vision gets to that point of do or die, you will run. You will run. You will sell everything. You will go. You will discard everything. You will go. I live via the power of vision. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of Him, the Son of Man. That's why he says, fix your eyes on Jesus, verse 2 of Hebrews 12. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of 
of faith. Listen to what I'm about to say. There is a new level of faith heaven is bringing us into. Those who have been mentoring, few people who are following me that are mentoring personally, they know I've been talking about this. There is a new quality of faith God is bringing us into. And before that, amen, begin to happen, they then begin to rock your world. They begin to, amen, disrupt you. They begin to, if you will, remove the comfort of your nest. Because it's time to fly. That's what, amen, faith does. Faith, amen, gives us the wings to fly with God. Faith, hallelujah, is the only energy that allows us to walk with God. They that must come to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them. There is a new level of faith. Heaven is discharging right now to help us, you know, press forward father into the things of God I know for a season we've not talked about faith we've not been talking about faith but listen friends if you're if you're listening to amen my voice I want you to hear this and pick it as a sound prophetic voice that is coming there is a new level a new height you see the things of God are always in height even in grace all right there's a there's a height in grace you come into mercy there are levels amen in mercy every quality or character of values that reflects the things of God and the things of his kingdom, amen, are in levels. That's why you see, amen, that the ability of the capability of people and what they are able to produce are in levels. Be it done unto you according to your faith. Whenever God wants to take your faith to the next level, they bring crisis into your life. But then the devil tells you the crisis is because God doesn't love you is because your world is coming to an end is because you know the, the world hates you and therefore they distract you the enemy distract you you start chasing and pursuing things you're not supposed to pursue you'll be running from pillar to post you'll be seeking for deliverance say uh, please uh, prophet pray for me prophecy for me no that is the time for you to you know flow into whatever God amen yes it's, it's bringing your way say Bring it on, Lord. I'm ready because I want to grow. Listen, the Bible says our faith, amen, will be like, you know, an instrument that is thrown in the fire, refined. The days ahead of us will require a supernatural dimension of lifestyle. And that can only happen through faith. God has been speaking to me that we need to prep and build the, the, the new apostolic emphasis and trust, amen, to come into the realm of the supernatural. I know, and I'm very aware of this, that for a, for a while, in fact, for almost three decades, the apostolic, those who call themselves, amen, you know, gatekeepers of kingdom reality, have, you know, underplay the place of the supernatural. But yes, said the Lord. If you're going to do the kind of things you need to do in this third day, you will need a faith that is sourced from the dimension of the supernatural. The apostolic is established, is built and trenched, hallelujah, in the supernatural, not in just human knowledge and wisdom. Not in just principles. Principles are good and we will need them. Amen. Because we need doctrine. Amen. To help us. To, to safeguard. Amen. How we walk in the supernatural. And how we regulate the supernatural. But guess what? You cannot forfeit the supernatural for doctrine. You will miss God. And you will miss the things of God in this end of days. Because the world God creates. Amen. We're created via the power of the supernatural. 
It wasn't just the idea of how we understand wisdom. Wisdom from God is supernatural. Because God spoke something out of nothing. <laughs> Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said. That word came from the, a dimension. That amen, is beyond human comprehension. That's why science till today. Will not accept God. The wise one among them believe that God is real. But the ones amen, who are still darkened will tell you. Can't you see? The world came from Big Bang Theory. Can't you see? We came from ape. You came from ape. I didn't come from ape. I came from a word. My life is a manifestation of the spoken word of God. Hallelujah. I want, to, I want to provoke you into the place of prayer. I want to provoke you into the place of seeking God. So you will come out. Amen. Just as Moses came out and people could not look at his face. Because he was covered in glory. What are we talking about? How to understand and return back to the place called the Asian landmark. This is where we are as the Lord continues to speak to us about how to maintain our, our place till Christ return. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's verse 2. Quickly let me take you to where I want to take you to and then I will go into the thought for today. Alright. Verse 18 of Hebrews 12. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire. In case you are looking for, you know, the spectacular. Remember, the spectacular is different from the miraculous. It's different from the supernatural. Sometimes they almost sound alike, look alike, but they are not alike. You want to come to a place where somebody can dazzle you, where something is shaking. No, no, no. That's, one of, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not the definition of the supernatural. The supernatural is when God intervened, hallelujah, use, you understand, materials that people, amen, could not use to bring forth something. God used the same thing and produced something. Hallelujah. That only him can do. The supernatural is when God intervenes. Amen. In a situation that looks dead. That looks dead. That looks impossible. The human wisdom have no answer for. The human intellect have no answer for. That when you've done everything and still nothing is coming. You need the supernatural. And oftentimes that supernatural comes through a word. Launch to the other side. Launch to the deep. We've toiled all night got nothing yes you need the supernatural if you are that kind of a person you've done all the principle you've done all the steps you've done all the keys you've learned all the things you need to learn amen on GPT. amen you you've you in fact GPT has written you the book but nobody's buying it nobody's written you know reading it because they know it's not yours it's not original it's not coming from your spirit that is what is going to separate the truth from the lies in this last day. You think you can just throw some words into ChatGPT, and then a book comes out, boom, and then you say you've written a book. It's a book, but it will never change anybody's life. It will never produce fruit. Why? Because that thing was not bad from your spirit. It's a lie. It's a false. Am I saying we shouldn't use AI? Use it. 
Use it to enhance what God has given to you. Use it to refine what God has given to you. Use it, amen, to enhance, amen, where you are, you know, incomplete, where you are not, you know, capable. Yes, I use it sometimes. But don't depend on it. Because if you depend on it, you are captured already. The things of God, what will separate, amen, men in this last day is that certain people are coming from the place of authenticity. You can't be authentic if you don't have a spiritual walk with God. You may sound very intelligent, but that's all. You will not produce nothing. We've toiled all night. He was a professional fisherman. You want to go. You can't go. They say, go pray. While you're praying, you hear a voice that says, come over to Macedonia. That is the supernatural. I didn't come here by my own ability or will. I came here via, amen, the voice of God. And the voice of man, amen, cannot define my end. Circumstance cannot define my exit. We live via the supernatural. You may look at your life and say, what is it? It's just another chapter, a new day. Are you hearing? We have come to Mount Zion. I'm showing you a principle here. You have not come, amen, to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with, with fire. That's the way people related with God in the first day. You know, a walk that has to do with physical manifestation. Physical manifestation is important if it is wrought, if it, if it comes from the spirit realm. If they have a man in, an invested interest in it, it's good. Because you can see, that's the fruit of my hand. I labor for that thing. I pray that thing to reality. See it. I receive the seed. After nine months, here is the baby. But they never receive a seed. They were never in labor. They just want the baby. That's the children of Israel. They just want, you know, something to eat where they cannot even identify. So God called the name manna. He said, what is this? It's manna. What is manna? It's manna. We don't know. <laughs> no. Those are, those are days for baby. When you want to go to church, amen, and all you want to see, amen, yes, is the spectacular. And that's why, amen, men of God can continue to do things to entertain you. Because, amen, there is no life of the spirit, amen, to apprehend the people. To keep the people, hallelujah, on their seat for hours. You barely hold them for, you know, for, for one hour. You barely hold them. After one hour, if you don't let them go, they will start getting up by themselves. Why? Because the presence of God is not there. When the presence of God is there, listen to this, you don't even think of time. It's like one minute is like you're just beginning. Then the Bible said, day before the Lord is like a thousand years. A day before the Lord. If they ever bring you before the presence of God, you don't want to live there. Hey, you don't want to live there. There's something about the presence of God that all the movies of this world, amen, cannot, you know, cannot equate. That all the pleasures and all the desire and all the nice things and nice places you want to go. When you are in the presence of God, you are spellbound. You're captured. Captured, but you are still free to go. I can't explain it. You know what I'm talking about. 
you have not come to a mountain because this mountain that we're talking about it's not a physical mountain it's not a physical place it's a it's a dimension of the life that you carry around you have not come to a mountain that can be touched that is burning with fire to darkness and gloom and storms wow it's the super it's the spectacular but god is in the miraculous god is in the supernatural and listen we are in a day where god is visiting us again in the dimensions of the supernatural if you don't seek it if you don't ask for it it will not come though you see it you will not amen partake of his fruit when they say by this time tomorrow at the gate of samaria the king said even if god opens the windows of heaven the king said okay uh, the prophet said okay we'll see you will see with your eyes but you will not partake of it that is the realm some people are right now they don't believe Listen, you cannot change the world by principles alone. You cannot change the world by just theory and theology. We need a cry that God will hear and come down. When God come down, amen, then we know indeed we are ready. God said to Moses, and I have come down. God came down. What did he do? He said to Moses, he said, the crowd, the people have reached me, and I have come down to deliver them. Oh, then you would have thought, okay, why don't you go meet Pharaoh yourself, since you have come down? He came down, but he went through a man. That's what I'm talking about. When God comes down, he wants to journey through a vessel, a body you have prepared for me. This is not any kind of a body. This is not any kind of a vessel. This is a vessel that understands that God has come down. You've prepared him a house. You've prepared him a home. You've prepared him a vessel. Your life has become separated unto God. You're not playing games. Because when God comes down into a nation, when God comes down into South Africa, it comes via people's life. It comes via people's home. It comes via people's family. When God comes down, you never see God walking on the street, but you see God walking on the street. Amen. Carried by men. Carried by men. So your availability matters. And not just that you are available, amen. The quality of your availability matters. I don't want God coming down and passing by my tent. No. <laughs> you understand? That's where I'm going this morning. And I'm going to show you, amen. When God comes down and he wants to engage with the earth, I don't want him passing me by. Why would he pass my, pass my house to go, amen, to the third house? It means, it means that I'm not ready. It means I was disqualified. No, many are called, few are chosen. I want to be part of a company of them in this season that when God comes down, they first, they first visit my house. As I'm sitting at, I mean, at the outside of my tent, as they pass by, I want to be able to cite them and say, Guys, why don't you come in? Let me wash your feet. <laughs> Let me give you something to eat. 
Hallelujah. Are you getting something? You have not come to a mountain. There's a mountain earlier that we are coming into. And there's a mountain that is rising in this new day. The mountain of God is rising within the heart of the apprehended ones. The mountain of the house of Yahweh, amen, yes, is a living construct of the presence of God in the life of men and women apprehended for this season. Are you aware of the reality of, amen, God's demand, God's prophetic demand for this new day, for this new day, for this third day, for this firstborn church? Do you know that is a church, heaven right now, hallelujah, is prepping, preparing, hallelujah, to carry the glory of the double portion that the enemy will not be able to resist. Why? Because the firstborn church is alive, is mature. When the due time came, Jesus, when he came out of River Jordan, a voice from heaven came down. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Not even the gate of hell could prevent that voice. The people heard. God wasn't speaking to just principality. He was also speaking to the people of the land. Hear his voice. Hear him. You cannot go until the voice of God, hallelujah, yes, approves your day. I was sharing with a friend of mine yesterday as we were speaking from Australia, as we we're talking, we we're talking about, amen, God doing a new thing. I'm not even sure if he's, out, if, if, if he's still awake, you know, listening to me. God, God began to speak to us, amen, as we were chatting. That we've got to understand the season God has brought us into. Purpose is a progressive thing. You might have been a pastor for 20 years, for 30 years. And they say, well, you've pastored enough. That is, that, that's, that's, that's good. Now I'm bringing you into a new sphere, into a new realm. There's something fresh. There's something new I want, I want to do. I want to diversify you into a different department, into a different location, into a different zone. And if you are familiar and you've built large and big, from the old and people have learned to call you papa bishop call you names call you you know uh, uh you've done great things for yourself and you've you've been established listen there's no establishment except that which we have in christ because that thing you're establishing is what will keep you bound when god said now let's travel let's go to the next place you can't go you can't go i'm on my way to Johannesburg. my things are packed here in my office the next place, the next call. You see, location is just a place where we establish and launch, amen, whatever God wants to do. It's not about the location, but the location matters, amen, in what God wants to do. Hey, God gave me a word yesterday. Let me see if I can find it. See, God speaks to me in various dimensions. Listen to this word. I've got it on my on my notes. Uh, uh, it's not well designed, but let me just read the way I, I wrote it down. Say, listen to this. You can be located in the right place. You can be located in the right place in the right you know in the right region, but you are disconnected because you are connected with the wrong people. You are located in the right place, amen. You are connected in the right place. But, amen, you are disconnected. You can't see, you can't hear. You are not functioning because you are connected with the wrong people. 
Hence, you are not seeing what God, amen, is doing. Hence, you are not functioning the way God will have you to function. So, oftentimes, it's not even about the place. It's about, amen, the atmosphere, hallelujah, that you are connected. Because your life is a summation of the atmosphere of your life. Your life is the summation of the people speaking into your life. So, sometimes, oftentimes, when God wants to make you even more functional, more effective, it takes you, amen, from among the people, amen, and relocates you in the place where amen people will value people will honor people will respect the grace of god and you will be able to amen you know accelerate in the intentions of god god said this to me yesterday so relationship matters in hearing god in in following god in listening to God, because people can look at you and say, but, uh, but that place you are is okay, it's fine. I mean, everything looks okay there. It's not, because you're looking at material things. You're looking at comfort, you know? You're looking at comfort, you're looking at material things, you're looking at, you know, how things just look okay, you know? But God says, sorry, that's not how we do things here. That's not the way, that's not the order of the kingdom. So, often they'll come and disrupt. Yeah? So that you can wake up and say, oh, well, I'm supposed to be there. Remember, Jonah, yes. They asked him to go somewhere. He wanted to go to a place that makes sense to him. Listen, God does not make sense to you. God does not speak to your senses. He doesn't speak to your comfort. He doesn't speak to what looks okay, what feels okay. No. When is God, you have to learn, hallelujah, to trade your life for comfort. You have to learn to trade your life for the things of the Spirit. You have to learn to offer your life on the altar and say, God, wherever you send me. I told us that one of the reasons why people in this part of the world, particularly in this nation, are not doing the things of God the way they ought to do it is because they've built a system of comfort around them. So if God wants to use you, they start to, you know, disrupt, they start to shake you, they start to remove every concept of comfort. I hope you understand that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Comfort is the nature of God. It's not the state of your environment. All of this in the concept of you have not come to a mountain that can be touched. I can't touch it. I can't feel it. I can't smell it. I can't see it. So God cannot be there. You've not come to a mountain that can be touched. Amen. That is burning with, you know, uh, with fire you know that is dark gloom and stormy to a trumpet blast we like to go there that's our definition of the prophetic we're changing all of that you have come to Mount Zion you have come to Mount Zion we have to define what Mount Zion is in this 21st century we have to define as we enter into the progressive understanding of the revelation of the kingdom we have to retract. We have to redefine. Amen. The location called Mount Zion. And they said that place, amen, is the perfection of beauty. But you have come, amen, to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. Amen. To the heavenly Jerusalem. 
Mount Zion, amen, is a is a is a is a is a realm in the human realm. It's a dimension. Is the is the nation of God. Is the city of God, but is a pattern. Is a is a reflection. You want to you want to see heaven. You want to go to heaven. Come to Mount Zion. You want to know how heaven feels, amen. Come to Isaiah's Philip. Come to my environment. You will feel heaven because I'm Mount Zion. It's a place where God dwells, where the authority of God, where the kingdom of God is established, where the government of God, amen, yes, rules from. It's called Mount Zion. You've come to Mount Zion, the city. Like I always say, if it's a city, it's got a government, it's got an administration, it's got an economy. Hallelujah. It's got a lifestyle. It's got a value system. It's got a philosophy. There's a way, hallelujah, we raise homes, family in Mount Zion. There's a way we do business in Mount Zion. Because it is a city. And you know, hallelujah, that there's a war, amen, today between cities. There are certain cities that are known for certain things. Cities compete. There are certain cities where you mention them, you know what they stand for. When you come to Manzai, you must know what Manzai represents because it's a city. All of the amenities of this city must be established by kingdom values. Oh, you have come to Manzion, the city of the living God. God is not dead. Amen. Let me let me quickly link that to understanding the importance of Asian landmark. When you want to find Asian landmark, you go to Mount Zion. Mount Zion, hallelujah, has not been eroded. Mount Zion is a living reality. Amen. City among the cities of the world. Amidst Babylon, Mount Zion exists. This city has not been compromised. When you come to Manzan, the city of God, you will learn the way of holiness. You will feel the presence of God. You will feel fulfilled when you come to the city of the living God. You will, when you come, the moment you enter the gate, you will know, wow. You, in fact, you, will have, would have, you would have thought you were in heaven. No, you are not in heaven. You are just amen in a mirror. You are you are amen. You are in a in a shadow. You are in a typology, hallelujah, of heaven. Everything Mount Zion is and represents is a reflection of the heavenly order. Oh, Jesus. You've come to Mount Zion. When you come, when you meet Isaiah Phillips, you will know. That there's a difference of value system. That not every one of us is captured by money. Not every one of us is captured by, you know, by, by accolades, by, you know, uh, uh, whatever it is out there that is capturing people, that is causing people to compromise. That you will know that in this order called Manzan, there's a way we build. Every house that we build is patterned after the blueprint of heaven. Mandaya Dabuha. 
every life we seek to amen to to build to train to equip for god amen we do it via the values and the principle of god i refuse to be compromised and i refuse men to compromise my life mount zion the fruit of the spirit is in mount zion we function via the gittings of the Spirit in Mount Zion. We live via earlier the protocols of heaven in Mount Zion. It's a city. It is the city of the living God, not the dead God. Not Dagon. Not the gods of Babylon. You will never find idol worshippers in Mount Zion. You will never find false prophets in Mount Zion. You will not find charlatans in Mount Zion. You will not find those who want to abuse the giftings of God in Mount Zion. They will not allow you amen, a pass. They will not allow you. Nobody is checking you, but you will not enter the gate. Because there is a spirit of conviction. The moment you want to enter with anything that is not of God, you step to the gate of Zion, you will turn back. Ananias and Sapphira thought, ah, we can, we, can, we can wangle our way into Zion by compromising, by false gift. While the, while, while the prophet of God, by the name Peter, was still speaking, they fell down dead. The wife came and they asked, did you sell the land for this? Ah, yeah, ah, she also fell down. Nobody cursed them. You don't need to curse people in Zion. The power of God, hallelujah. Will bring them into judgment. There's a pattern. We have to build the order of Zion in our life. When people want you, amen, to the moment they come near you, they are convicted. They want to lie, but they can't lie. <laughs> because they are arrested. They want to take advantage of you earlier. They cannot because of the presence of God oozing out of your life. Man Zion. You've come to Man Zion. You have to come there. You have to journey there. Pregrim Progress. Have you read that book? Pregrim Progress. If you have not, you can find it online. Look for it. They will deal with everything that is fleshy, carnal, before you get to the city of God. Heaven will never be a strange place. Because, amen, you have been living a pattern of heaven and earth before you finally enter into that dimension called heaven. The other said, heaven will never be a strange place if you are tracking the journey, if you are on the narrow path to Zion. That is the work of the church, to bring people, to lead people. That's the work of every minister, every ascended ministry gift. As you are equipping the people, you are pointing them to Zion. Where Christ is all and in all. You can't be building kingdom and you're, you're pointing people to yourself. You're pointing people to a gift. You're pointing people to your talent. In Zion, we point people to Christ. In Zion, Christ is the ultimate. Is what everybody wants. Someone said, are we just going to be learning Christ? What else are you to learn? <laughs> what are you supposed to be seeking for? 
is because you lack an understanding of the glory and the revelation that dwells in Christ. That's why you think, is, is just, are we just going to, listen, till a billion gazillion years, you will never finish till eternity pass and come and pass and go and pass and go. You will still be learning. His glory is inexhaustible. His presence is inexhaustible. His authority is inexhaustible. His life is inexhaustible. His words are inexhaustible. Do you know what you have called the Bible today? Is a summary of 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 summary of summary of everything. Hallelujah. That Jesus did and represents. That's what John said. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to come into. There's a lot to apprehend. There's a lot to know. There's a lot to understand. In Christ Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And that's why we keep saying, you need a vision. You need vision. Your vision needs to be amen, calibrated. Not a vision to do something for God. The vision of Zion. The vision of the beauty, hallelujah, of the majesty of the one who sits upon the white throne. Who sits upon the horse. The vision of him that is called light. He doesn't just carry light. He is the light. He is the light of the world. He is the standard. Hallelujah. He is what we are measuring up onto. He defines the church. Because he is the head of the church. So where there is no vision of Christ, people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision of Zion, people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision of the power of the Holy Spirit, people cast off restraint. Reduce vision just to something you are able to do. And after you've done that thing, you think you've arrived, you become a demigod. Lucifer in the place of of functioning and doing ministry iniquity was found in his heart as I keep say, telling us let's not be carried away to think that because we're doing something spectacular something huge therefore all right we're insulated or you know we are saved no in the midst of your walk in the midst of you walking for God if you're not walking with God you can be compromised. In fact, the labor, the effort, the pursuit of fulfilling what you call ministry can be what trips you to fall. 80% of the people who fell, they fell while working, working for God. You gotta understand. What we're dealing with. You have not come to where? You've not come to a mountain that can be touched. It's a mountain. But it can be touched. If it can be touched, it can be measured. If it can be touched, amen, it can be compromised. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched. And that is burning with fire. To darkness. To gloom and storm. These are the characteristics of that physical dimension. 
to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that are words in that dimension that those who heard it beg that no further words be spoken to them because they could not that's the thing because they could not that's the thing all those things that we just mentioned are secondary the, the primary issue here is because they could not bear what was commanded that even if an animal touches the mountain it must be stoned to death the sight was so terrifying that Moses said I am, tre I am trembling with fear there's a new dimension of an apostolic life that carries a powerful kingdom trust that we've come into and amen Paul began to explain in 22 you've come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God to the heavenly heavenly it's not heaven but it's heavenly means it's, it, car it carries the characteristics of heaven it is not heaven but it carries amen the nature the values the character the system the life the principle of heaven to a heavenly Jerusalem heavenly means amen there is something there's an earthly Jerusalem there's a Jerusalem that is still bound there's a Jerusalem that is still captured alright in bombing and killing and destroying and maiming alright and trying to you know displace people in the name of it's our land that is not Jesus pattern oh yes let me get your religious mindset you know worried again this morning when you come to the heavenly Jerusalem the life is different the order of life in that dimension is different the heavenly Jerusalem does not kill people does not bomb people we don't displace children just because we don't like them just because they come from a different you know a, a, a value system or different religious system no that's not how we change people we don't kill people and I'm not saying alright the physical Jerusalem should not protect us amen. that's what I'm saying but I'm saying amen when what we do we claim we're doing it in the name of God we misrepresent God and we bring the name of God to disrepute or else Jesus will have sanctioned amen <laughs> the Peter when he cut the ears of a servant of one of the Herodians cut his ears of Marcus I guess his name was Marcus cut the ears Jesus said ah Peter we don't do that those who fight by the sword will die by the sword he took the guy's ears and fixed it back it was a pattern he was showing us we need to define this Jerusalem this church this order of life this ecclesia you've come to a thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn all of the things that I've been saying finally brought me to that order that this heavenly Jerusalem is called the church of the firstborn and like I said <laughs> I wanted to preach this this morning because the Lord just drew this drew, drew, drew my attention to this message this morning. The, the portion of the of the firstborn church, amen, is double. Why? Because of the nature and the responsibility of our assignment of his assignment, excuse me. The nature earlier of the firstborn church requires double portion and excuse me this was the reason oh da, 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 now let me give it to you this was the reason why elisha asked elijah for a double portion
passion. He was entering into a, a ministry of the firstborn because his father, hallelujah, yes, Elijah functioned from the dimension of the firstborn. That was why he was able to do the things he did. And Elijah knew that if he does not step, you see, all the things that Elijah had been through was to prepare him to step into the firstborn order. This day I have begotten you. Nobody wakes up and just realize, who I'm a first. No, no, no. You see all of this crazy thing people talk about apostolic. Firstborn. Firstborn. We have the firstborn. Sonship. Come on. You don't know the price of sonship. Ask Elisha. He will tell you about the price you pay. You die to every ounce of ambition. You want to build things by your own strength for God to appease your soul. It's not going to work. You have to die to your way. Die to your belief. Die to your values. Die to your ambition. Die to your desire. Die even to that thing you think God told you. You have to go and be sure again that that because God would never say anything that contradicts the values and the principles of his word. This is what we are called to build. The church of the firstborn. It's not a physical structure. Elisha said, give me double. I've been, I'm wondering, what's this double thing this guy is asking for? This morning, the Lord used a scripture to open my eyes. Wow. It's because Elisha knew he could not engage Jezebel except he's a son. And not just any kind of a son, he's a firstborn. Jesus, amen, yes, would dare not step into, into ministry except he stepped into the order of the firstborn. And that's why God said, the firstborn are begotten. Every firstborn, if you check the Old Testament, every firstborn are separated unto God. They are sacred. Anything that is first in Israel belongs to God. You set it apart. Whoa. Only a firstborn generation. Remember, firstborn does not mean that you were born first. It's a spiritual dimension of the life. It's a spiritual identity. You can be the last born biologically and be the firstborn among many brethren in your household because you are the first amen to know Christ to know the Lord you are the first amen to step into yes a dimension that brings deliverance to your home in terms of amen opening the gate of your household to the kingdom of God as a firstborn firstborn means amen that you are a pioneer hallelujah of something that is sacred of something that is divine of something that heaven amen orchestrated amen in time you're the firstborn to receive the key that unlock dimensions and realms amen that brings a chain to a city there are firstborn churches there are certain churches amen in a nation that they are pioneer they may be they may be few they may not be you know the biggest 
But because of their position, because of the covenant, amen, such men or leaders have with God, they are able to open their nation to receive certain grace, to receive certain gifting, and to enter into certain dimension of God's prophetic mandate for such a land or city. Firstborn church. Woo, Jesus. Wow. You are the firstborn, amen, to break that curse, to break that cycle, to break that chain of the enemy over your family. We need a firstborn, hallelujah, generation from, from, you know, the concept of, you know, issues of slavery. Slavery mentality that is still holding a lot of, you know, blacks and Africans, amen, yes, down. That we, we have to apologize for everything. We need firstborn, amen, who are not trying to prove you know, a point to the white people that we are blessed, but they can walk in a dimension of grace and spirit that wherever they go, amen, they turn, amen, what the enemy meant to be evil, like Joseph. Joseph was a firstborn. They turn it around, amen, and bring the intentions of God and the purpose of God to bear. Firstborn. Moses was a firstborn. Enoch was a firstborn. He was the first to walk with God. Sure. You can be a firstborn. And if you enter into that dimension of the firstborn, then you have the right for double portion. That nonsense thing people used to preach in the charismatic. With the double portion. You know, double for your trouble. <laughs> Just people just take scripture and quote it, quote, quote it until they send people to hell. Pervert scripture and just misuse and all kinds of crazy things you see. People have enriched themselves just by taking that scripture. Imagine I want to have a, a conference, firstborn, the prayer for firstborn church. Come with your firstborn seed. <laughs> Now, the kind of things that I'm saying right now should stay your heart to give a seed. Might not be to me, but you're hearing something that is changing your life. You say, I want to, I want to key into that order. Let me, let me reach out. You see, but when that becomes a doctrine, that is a problem. But you have to be steered. And sometimes we need to teach people how to tap into how to glide on the wave of the spirit. Yes. Do something out of the ordinary that tells you what you heard, what you're hearing. Alright? Means something. Do something that will cost you. That's what the firstborn is. The firstborn, they go out, out, out of their own, you know, uh, uh, ability. You understand? They go beyond the call of duty. That's why they give them double portion. Because every firstborn, amen, are selfless. Firstborn, amen, don't have the desire to acquire things for themselves. If you preach a firstborn and it's about acquiring things for yourself, you're not. In fact, you'll be disappointed. But you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heaven. Listen, God always transacts business with the firstborn. Let me finish this thought, then I'll go to another scripture, and then we'll begin to 
end. Are you seeing how God is using Proverbs 29.18 to help us understand, amen, what vision is and how we define vision in this 21st century, in this stuck day, in this church of the firstborn. The vision is taking us beyond what I can do for God. Having an idea of something, no. Vision is the ability for us to see what God is doing now and we're partnering with him. Because God transacts business with firstborn. When God cannot find firstborn in a, in a city, in a, in a community, in a home, in a family, amen, he waits. And it's not, I mean, that's, that's part of the principle. God will do something. He wants to do something. All right. He waits for the child to grow. Jesus was the firstborn, but God had to wait for him to grow, amen, for heaven to start transacting the kind of, you know, business they want to transact with him. David have to grow. Moses have to grow. And sometimes, amen, where you grow, amen, miss nothing about what God wants to do in your life. Jesus grew in Egypt. <laughs> Moses grew up in Egypt. Joseph grew up, hallelujah, in the dungeon. Amen. He grew up as a slave. But those things never meant anything in terms of the ability and the capability to produce and to bring forth the intentions of God. So don't tell me that your past can hold you down. Your past, amen, can accelerate your vision in entering into what God has ordained for you. If past, amen, can limit people, I should be limited. I should never be able to stand for God and to the things of God. Are you getting my point? If, if, hallelujah, where you were born, your background, your family background, your lineage, your skin color, you understand? Your sex. And women are limited because the environment says because you're a woman, you must be quiet. You don't say anything. Who says that? Check the word of God. We have apostles in the Bible, amen, that are women. Does that mean that they lord it over their husband or over men? No. Because the apostolic does not mean to lord it. Even as a man, doesn't mean to lord it. Amen. It means giving grace, amen, to be able to craft, to be able to build heaven's intention according to his design in the earth. My name is not Apostle Isaiah Phillips. My name is Isaiah Phillips. That you put a title, amen, before your name does not make you anything. What makes you a man of honor, woman of honor, is what you've allowed God to wrath in your life, to build in you. By their fruit, we will know them, not by their title. Your title means nothing to me. Just as your title means nothing to Jesus. The reason why you call a doctor a doctor is because the, the doctor practiced medicine. Imagine bearing a doctor, we can't practice medicine. You, you cannot, you know, walk surgery. You can't do a surgery on a person. Amen. You can't, you can't dispense, you understand, you know, a, a drug, you understand, medication to a person. What makes you a doctor? You just want the nice name and nice actor. I'm Dr. Isaiah Phillips. You are the most empty, the most insecure person on earth. in the effort. Build. Let your life reflect the fruits. By their fruit. We know them. It's like some people, when they see me, they call me apostles and will call me prophet. They will call me God knows us. I'm teacher. Wherever, wherever. Because they see the demonstration of all these giftings. 
I was telling a friend of mine, I said, I'm a man of many caps. I've worn all kinds of caps. You understand? I've pastored, I've been a teacher, I've been, you know, an evangelist. I started as an evangelist. You understand? I'm not limited because the vision of God in my life is not limited, it's progressive. <laughs> and I'm still Isaiah Phillips. I still walk the street. I still walk the road. I still take taxi. I still, you know, sit down at the roadside somewhere in power. You understand? And I enjoy my routine. You understand? Yes. And I can still die, amen, with the kings and the queens, amen, without bulging. Doesn't touch me. Doesn't make a difference in my life. I can walk into an hospice and wear a shirt, a shirt of 20 rand, and I can walk into you know a boutique and still wear a shirt, amen, of 5,000 rand. It means nothing to me. Do you understand this life? Do you understand this kind of life that Jesus patterned for you? You can wear a wrong persona that makes you miss your day, that makes you miss people that God earlier have sent you to, that makes you miss your field of ministry because of the wrong persona, because of the wrong identity. And listen to this, the environment you grow up can so limit you if you allow it. I'm in Nigeria and I love my country, but there is nothing that is negative about Nigeria in me. Before I came to South Africa, they've dealt with it. I am very aware of the blind spot of where I come from, of my nation, of my people. And therefore, I know that if I'm going to represent God and his kingdom, I dealt with that. And not only did I deal with my life, the people that I pastor, amen, for 20 years plus, I make sure I engage those things in their life. They will all tell you, is what the kingdom is all about that you are aware amen of the influence and the wrong cultural you know uh, uh, values that surround you you are aware of it if you're not aware amen of the perverted values that surround amen your life and you're just going you know with a blind eye you're already captured you are assimilated that's what those guys understood we're in Babylon but we're not going to succumb to the strong values of Babylon. We're not going to eat from the king's delicacy. And we are, we are not going to wear their regalia. We will eat our own meal. Give us vegetable. It was a culture. What the church is yet to understand. Most people in the church to understand. Is how to separate themselves. Amen. Yes. From the wrong values. From the wrong culture. Amen. Of where they are coming from. So while they are saying they are Christian. But you are still seeing you know, the projection of where they're coming from in their life. You're still seeing, amen, their mannerism, their behavior, their pattern of thinking, even their way of talking, amen, is still that of where they're coming from. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ is a new creation, you think that is just words? Everything that is of the earth must be stripped out of a life of a person who wants to come to Mount Zion. Well, I love the message this morning. I'm looking forward to listening to this message again. 
Everything that is of Babylon must be stripped out of our life and that will require a vision. That's why I'm projecting, amen, this scripture, amen, where there is no vision. Vision is to see the values of heaven, is to see the culture of heaven, is to have an understanding of the pattern, amen, of the world to come, of the world that is not, amen, influenced by the systems, amen, that have been captured. The system that Satan said, the kingdoms of this world, the authority and the influence has been given to me. Bow and worship me and we give them to, to you. Jesus said, you must be out of your brain. It is written. Do you know what has been written? Do you know what has been written? When we talk about earlier, the concept, amen, of the Asian part. We're talking about the issue of what has been written before time. We've read that scripture before. God lays the foundation of the heavens and the earth. God defines how things must, must function, must work on earth. It's not the systems of this world. The system, the man met, amen. Yes, the system. It was God who said it's not good for man to be alone. Marriage was not your idea. It's not It's not an idea, amen, of the Europeans or, or the Caucasians, you understand, or the Africans. No, marriage was God's idea. It was God who said it's not good for a man to be alone. The idea earlier of building, amen, was God's idea. The idea of, ma you know, of, of management and leadership is God's idea. All of that you find in Genesis. The idea of man being given, you know, work, to, you know, to give him dignity. It was God's idea. Babylon didn't create. God was the first builder before Babel was built. So who's lying to who? Who's influencing you? Where you draw your values from? Are you getting what I'm saying? Everything you see in this world is copied. Babylon is very good in copying the things of God and it perverts it. And then he sells it to you and you're like, wow. You jump up. <laughs> Pleasure was created by God. Not by the devil. God wants you to, to have pleasure. To be fulfilled. That's why he created sex. Sex was to give us pleasure. But Babylon says no. Let's, let's, let's throw away the principles of, of God. Let's, you know, let's be selfish about this thing. And we still have pleasure. And that's why after you've done it, you have pleasure. You end up more sorrowful. Have you discovered that? How can you birth something out of pleasure? Only for, you know, fight and quarrel to scatter it. That cannot be God. You claim you have pleasure, amen, to walk only for you to be sorrowful at the end of the day. Something that's supposed to give you fulfillment. You go and walk eight hours. You come back home, you're tired, you're, you're, you're almost dry, you feel like dying. That's not the principle of God. You live in a fallen world and if you don't understand that, you will continue because the world system has built a system where all you do is just walk. Just continue to build bricks because we must build pyramid come to Mount Zion there's a walk in Mount Zion but that walk, hallelujah rather than sweat, amen you walk in rest 
Because everyone in Mount Zion is a priest. <laughs> There's a priesthood in Mount Zion. There's a Melchizedek order of priesthood in Mount Zion. Everyone in Mount Zion are priests. They are king priests. Are you getting this, friends? Ah, oh, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let, let me go to, let me begin to round up this, this, mess, this message this morning. Let's go to Genesis 18. This is the scripture that I really want to touch on, of course. Uh, um, I will not be able to finish it this morning. But I'm sure by now you're getting something very powerful. <clears throat> Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. And I, listen to this. Abraham will surely. I want you to read the entire scripture because the entire scripture gives us a blueprint. Now, if I quickly go back to why uh, uh, um, we're looking at Genesis, let me just quickly open to Genesis uh, uh, 18 here in my Bible. Just give me a few seconds. Thank you, Father. Now, if you if you you know, you're familiar with Genesis uh, 8, 18. Oh, excuse me. I'm supposed to be opening Genesis. I opened to another uh, scripture, Genesis 18. All right. If you look at Genesis chapter 18, you will, you will see that God was on his way to, amen, uh, uh, to Sodom and Gomorrah. And of course, this is one of the pl places in the scripture where you see God appeared, amen, in three person. All right. The Bible says they were on their way. Amen. To Sodom and Gomorrah. Now God wanted to deal with something that was prevalent. Something, a spirit, amen, that had, you know, you know, rear his ugly head in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. God, God was on his way to there to judge this system, to judge this thing. Why? Remember that God already has set a standard. You're, we're not living in a world where you know some people decide to wake up one morning and they say well this is the law that will govern our land this is the law that will govern america this is the law that will govern south africa this is the law that will govern europe every other law that had been established in terms of amen you know living life amen outside of god is a false is a lie that's why you see certain laws they tilt to us amen the law that God has designed and ordained to govern the earth. And today, in recent times, we're seeing that there are laws being established, constitutions are being changed, amen, to challenge, to stand against, amen, to move away from the law, the original law God designed for the governance of creation and the earth. And this is one of the reasons why we're doing this teaching because we are beginning to see, amen, antichrist law. Laws, amen, that are anti-Christ. And any law that is anti-Christ is anti-creation. So it's important we understand when we talk about, amen, the spirit of the anti-Christ. This spirit is not just against Christ. It's against everything that Christ represents, that God represents, that, amen, his, his authority, his influence represents in terms of how he ordered, you know, life, creation. In terms of how, amen, he wants, you know, humanity and creation to coexist. 
This law, amen, yes, is challenging, is fighting the laws that governs the heavens, the laws that governs, amen, the land, the laws that governs the water, amen, yes. And remember, Satan, amen, at position, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual weakness, wickedness in high places, over cities, over nations, amen, yes, to stand in agreement with those whom, of course, he has influenced. The Bible says the God of this age has blinded their minds, their eyes of understanding, right? So that, you know, they will reject the will, the will of God and do the bidding of Satan. There are things that Satan has positioned over nations, over society. I mean, like issue of, you know, slavery. Slavery, I believe, was something Satan orchestrated, you understand? Empowered by principality to dehumanize certain people, all right? To, to, to frustrate certain counsels of God, all right? Yes. So we, we need to have this arch understanding. So God, amen, was going to look at this city called Sodom and Gomorrah, all right, that had perverted, amen, the order of sex, the order of sexuality, okay, that has perverted, amen, the concept of, you know, human procreation, human lifestyle. We have to understand that what we're dealing with today, amen, it's not just about, you know, Christianity. We're dealing with the issues of the redemption of creation. Remember the Bible says creation, amen, is groaning. Why? Because, because creation, amen, is in bondage. Creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestations, amen, of the firstborn. The sons of God. Sons of God are the firstborn. We just talked about it. Who are the firstborn? Those who have the legitimate authority to bring deliverance, to bring freedom, to bring liberty. Why? Because they are the ones that have been, amen, given the responsibility to manage the earth. You can't even begin to talk about managing the earth if you do not walk or understand the principle of the firstborn. And we say firstborns are given, amen, double portion. Double portion, why? Because they have, amen, the authority to bring a change but beyond that amen because of what they are going to be challenging jesus had to be given double portion all of the people that god used amen to to bring deliverance to their city to their nation to their generation amen all came from the lineage from the understanding of the firstborn the firstborn church they are begotten by the father they are empowered by the spirit they have an apostolic mandate they have a prophetic trust that's a nature characteristics of the firstborn so God was going to engage something but while he's going to engage this thing he needed to go via a firstborn Abraham was a firstborn to his generation he was a father of faith amen through Abraham God was able to establish something in the earth that brought amen humanity closer to the intentions of God those are part of the ministry of the firstborn but here, look, listen, listen, listen. Let's let's read scripture. Uh, uh, Genesis, Genesis chapter eighteen. The Lord appeared uh, uh, to Abraham near the great tree of Mamre, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heart in in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three. Now the Bible says the Lord appeared suddenly. Abraham saw three, but the Lord appeared. So, what happened between the Lord appear and him seen three? I just told you, alright? This is one of the places in the scripture that God appeared in three person. The Bible says, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When, when he saw them, he hurried from, you know, from the entrance of his tent to meet with them and bow 
you know, in, he bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought. And then you may all wash your feet, amen, and rest under this tree. I mean, Abraham is a man you need to study. <laughs> This guy, he just know how to wangle him his way into the heart of God. Abraham, if you want to, if you want to study or learn what I call the spirit of intercession, study Abraham. Oftentimes, when we talk about Abraham, we talk about faith. But Abraham, Amen, is also Amen, a guru, is an expert, Amen, in the ministry of intercession. You know, intercession is not just about you know, intercession requires that you build, amen, a rapport. You build, hallelujah, a rapport. You build, you know, relationship. You understand what's going on. You are able to see. You are able to discern. One of the reasons why we have a lot of people pray, but little change is because we have immature people. We have spiritually blind people engaging the place of intercession or prayer. Are you seeing? You need to study scripture and just watch. Look at Abraham. As he looked up, he saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried. Amen. From his entrance, he hurried from his tent. Amen. To meet them, he quickly he he, he knew these were not ordinary people. I mean, he was sitting there a hot day. The tent was hot. Day. I mean, maybe the house was hot, but he was sitting outside the tent, looking at this. Men walking. I said, no, this is not going to pass me by. I mean, if the Lord was on his way somewhere to do something and they pass by your house, would you be able to identify? Particularly in the day where we have been so accustomed and cultured to be selfish and to be self-centered. Would you be able to, you know, you know, you can't walk in the spirit if you are self-focused. That's why we can't hear God. When God needs us to respond on behalf of somebody. No, we are too self-focused. We are too self-centered. So we can't hear. Not like we don't want to help, but we can't even, we cannot hear. Because you're just all about myself. Even your prayers, oh, God, me, oh, God, me, oh, do it for me. It's about me, 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 me. The church we have built is about me, me, me. The songs we are writing is about me, me, me. You know, you know that I'm not preaching to you if what I'm saying is getting you angry because you are still immature, you're still a baby. I just spoke to somebody who was saying something and I just responded to you back. Yes. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. Firstborn are selfless people. They are mature. Firstborn are thinking of generation. They are thinking of you know uh, you know the the, the the next you know season. They are thinking of you know those rising up. Those they are thinking of you know society. Firstborn church, amen. Yes, a governmental church. They are governing church. When you go to a firstborn church, amen. Yes. The declarations, the proclamation, the atmosphere there. It's not selfish. It's not self-centered. Even in their song, you will pick it. It's not about God bless me alone. God, he just heal me. Just God do it. First born church, they always have a thrust into amen, the field 
into nations. They are praying for their nation. They are praying for society. They are praying for a change. They have sight. Amen. They are, they are, why? They, they have a power of community, but they are outreached. Amen. Yes, in value. Firstborn. Sure. Me. We can write a whole book on this. All what God have just said to us this morning on firstborn. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing. He hurried from his entrance of his tent and bowed to the ground. Sir, if I found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought. And then you may wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get something. Let me get something. Let me get you something to eat so that you can refresh. You can be refreshed and then go on your way now that I have come to your servants. Very well. They answered. Do as you say. You see, they didn't reject. They said, do as you said. So Abraham hurried into the, into, into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said. Quick. He said, get three, you know, you know, shards of, you know, of the finest, you know, a, a flour. Knit them and bake some bread. God come into your house and start eating with you. Wow, what a fellowship. Then he ran to, you know, to the heads. Now listen to this. Then he ran to the head and, you know, selected the choicest tender calf. This is why you call your Martin, you know, Martin. <laughs> The Indians call it Martin, you know. He, he, he got the, you know, he, Bible says he ran to the head and select a choice tender calf, tender Martin, and gave it to him a servant. Can you see? He didn't call a servant to go there. He was the one. He went to select the best. God in my house, I'm going to feed them. <laughs> gonna get, you want to get into um, the heart of a person, amen. Yes, give them a nice table. Get a, a tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. Then he brought some curds and milk, and the calf had been prepared. I mean, this guy know how he knows how to entertain Abraham. And set and set them before before them. While they ate, he stood there near under a tree. God, give us this kind of a heart. While they were eating, Abraham took the position of a waiter. He stood there near the tree. He didn't go near them. He stood there near the tree. I'm picturing the mind of a waiter. He stood there. God, While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. It was not on their face. May God give us wisdom. May we understand the courtesies of the Spirit. I hope you hear. I hope you hear this. this. Where is your wife, Sarah? They said. guys are eating. Why my wife Sarah? 
Why are they asking for Sarah? Because whatever God is going to do, whatever God is going to be birthed, has to be carried. In fact, God always begins his work through a seed. You see why women are important to our generation. And you see why the devil is after the women of this generation. I'm not even going to go because if I start this now, I'm not going to finish. Abraham stood while they are eating. They said, where is your wife Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said, she's in the tent. Then one of them said, we don't know who. One of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Jesus. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Whenever God wants to do something, there's a birthing of a son that becomes a firstborn. Remember all this year Sarah has been barren. She had forgotten about having kids, children. She settled for Ishmael, Agar, you know. We can have Agar, we can have a son through Agar, you know. Where is your wife, Sarah? Can I say something quickly? Maybe I'll just try to round up around here. Then maybe next time when we come, hopefully, if I have the time, we will continue. Never be in a hurry. To bring a change. Particularly when you have not received the seed of of an Isaac. Many of us. While we're running, while we're running, we are yet to receive the seed of Isaac. We're yet to be pregnant with Isaac. And yet we have this vision. We have this idea that we're going to bring a change. God will not use our Ishmael to bring a change. Even when it comes to a nation. There are those today at the end of affairs. Unfortunately, they are of the order of Ishmael. There are those in, in our ministry today that we are hoping that, all right, you know, something will come out of them, something great, but they are of the order of Ishmael. You might have been given, you might have given back to Ishmael, but Ishmael will never be a firstborn in the house of Abraham. And Abraham, amen, is the gateway of releasing what God wants to do. So, Abraham, even in your mistake, Ishmael, I will bless. Hello? <laughs> Didn't look at Dubai. Why, why is everybody running to Dubai and the Emirates? Because that place looks wow. It looks, it looks like heaven. <laughs> Have you seen those places? Those are places that once like a desert. Under 50 years, Dubai, I mean, was transformed to a false world city and all the emirates and all of that came from the loins of Abraham and yet Dubai does not carry what it takes to bath the intentions of God 
because Dubai is of the order of Ishmael. Selah. Dubai has become, you understand, the tourist you know, destination for even Americans and Europeans. But still that thing is not it's not it's not Isaac. <laughs> Never be in a hurry when God wants to transact business with you. Never be in a hurry when God wants to transact a business with you. When God wants to use you to produce something in the earth, something that will last and will outlast you. God takes his time. Even when amen, that thing looks, the instrument looks barren, you know, empty. Maybe you'll find yourself in that situation. You know, sometimes I say to myself, yo, God, can anything good ever come out of this thing? Sometimes you even be looking at your age. And those are the things that cause people to want to compromise. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked. In the tent, he said. The one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time. I will believe this is Jesus speaking because he's always the voice. He's always the word. This is the Christ speaking. The one of them said, I will surely return. Look, look at it. This said, we will. He said, I will surely return to you. Let me not go into the theological, you know, uh, area. I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself. She wasn't laughing at them. Have you ever laughed at yourself? Have you ever laughed to yourself? I do. <laughs> you know? So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought she was having a conversation with herself, not with God. After I am, listen to what Sarah said. After, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? What are these people talking about? She was just talking to herself. Have you ever been in that condition when you talk, you talking out loud to your sister? After I am worn out, come on. So this woman is very aware of her condition. She's very aware of her beauty. Amen. That hey, I've, this is what she said. After I am worn out, worn out is like a cloth that is worn out. It's like you know, you don't patch you know new clothes you know with an old one. I'm worn out, and my Lord, amen, is past 
you know, the age of childbearing, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I not have this pleasure? It's a pleasure. It's a desire. She calls it the pleasure to have a child. But guess what? Sarah wants a child to show she can prove to people that I'm not a barren woman. God wants a child, a son, that he can use to change a generation. Sarah wants a child to be able to prove maybe to Aga and to the rest. I'm not barren after all. And that would be good. But to God, your objective is nowhere to be found compared to my objective. Have you ever thought of it that the reason why God may be delaying certain things is because he's got a bigger objective than you? Then why you see other people being used and doing all kinds of things and you're wondering, but what about me? I've also been, I've been committed, I've been faithful, I've been doing what I need to do. I, I give, I submit myself. But God, what about me? And God said, you don't understand. Your time has not come yet. Don't look at all these people. Let them do their own thing. It's their time on the stage. Applaud them. Clap for them. You know, hail them. Celebrate them. But you continue focus. It's difficult to be focused when, particularly when you see people that you, you train, people that you, you, you school, people that you taught in school, doing better things than you, doing great things than you. Right? People, people that were under you in ministry, they've built all kinds of things. And you're like, well, God, what's going on with me? I'm, child, I'm, 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 I'm past the stage. And God said, you're the one looking at time. I'm not looking at time. I'm looking at my purpose. Do you understand this thing? So Sarah laughed to herself. And she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I have this, this, this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I have will I will, will 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 I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah will have a son. Remember the scripture we just read. Man Zion. Man Zion, hallelujah. The Bible says, Zion, amen, is Jerusalem, our mother. <laughs> Sarah is our mother. Ay. La numa hushi andarabaho. The Jerusalem that comes from above is Sarah, our mother. Everything that Sarah represents is what the firstborn church, hallelujah, is and means. And we come from the order of Sarah. We are, we are born in due season. Even when people think there's a delay, Paul said, amen. Though I am the least of all the apostles, yet I was born in due, due season, due time. God is never late. The person that was chosen, hallelujah, at the first hour, amen, when God was looking for labor, amen, and the one chosen at the 11th hour were paid the same sum, were paid the same sum. 
One was complaining. Master, why would you do this to us? Why would you pay the person you chose at the 11th hour? With us who began the work from the beginning. Said, why are you angry with me? Did we not agree, amen, for the wage that I paid you? Why are you quarreling? Why are you arguing? What's your issue? I paid you for what we agreed on. The person that I chose at the 11th hour, you couldn't have done the job that person did. It may be the 11th hour, it may be even one minute to go to 12, but the thing that person did at that one minute, you can't compare to what you did. I appreciate what you did. I appreciate what you gave into the job. I appreciate what you have done, but please do not compare yourself. Some of us, maybe, began from the you know from the early hours of the day i i, I think I, I think i'm one of them who began from the early hours and i'm seeing young young people young ministers young guys coming from you know my country from different part of the world you know stepping into ministry and doing great things and i'm like god wow and the lord said yes that's the fruit of your labor rejoice for them some of them will never even know you some of them, when they see, they just walk past you because, you know, they will be in their God knows what car, airplane, maybe you will still be walking on the road. <laughs> but what they are and what they carry does not, amen, does not degrade. If, you're, if you feel degrade, it's because there was something on the inside of you, amen, that is not dead. That is still, amen, yes, a son, but a son that sees, amen, himself as a slave in the house. That's a story of, amen, yes, the elder brother of the prodigal son. Me who have labored, who have done all this thing. You did not kill a calf for me. This one who's gone, he done crazy things. And he came back home and you still gave him a ring. You still dressed him up and you still gave him a seat. No. That is not fair. No, it is you who don't know your place. Because the father said to him, you should be rejoicing that your brother is back home. All of these things that you see that I have is yours. You go read the scripture. They belong to you. May God change our understanding. May God give us sight. That what defines who we are is not what we have received or what we want to claim from the Father, but our place and our position in Him. It's the highest reward you can have. In Him I live and move, in Him I have my being. I'm going to round up here, friends. Has the Lord spoken to you? Has this word touched and impacted your life in such a way that your perspective? has changed. There's so much God has said to us again this morning. Such a deposit of truth we have received again. There's a generation of the firstborn. As we are tracking the concept, amen, of Asian landmarks, as we deal with the issues of the principle of occupying to Christ's return, only God can bring us into such depths of truth and revelation. This is how you know that it's not by might, it's not by power. The things of God 
are sacred. Money can't buy them. The things of God are sacred. The wisdom of God is sacred. God wants to use you, but you need to see how he wants to. You need to appreciate how he wants to. You need to appreciate his process. Sarah laughed at herself and she thought, at my age, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I have this pleasure? Friends, God wants you to have a pleasure in him. God wants you to be fulfilled. But you have to track him. You have to see how he's doing his thing. Because when you don't see how God wants to do or he's doing his thing, you will feel delay is denial. And the enemy will tell you, look at, look at it. All these years you've been serving. All these years you've done X, Y, Z. All these years, what do you have to show? Is that not what kill a lot of people? What do you have to show for it? Why don't you remind him of what you need to show for it? That what you show, amen, in the things of God are not physical things. They are not things that you build with hands. Because the Lord is building his house. Wisdom is building a house. And the house wisdom is building are within the construct of human life, human existence. When God finished building his edifice, it will manifest the fruit of that edifice in due, in due time. So do not be weary in well-doing, friends. Don't be weary. Don't occupy yourself and occupy your mind with things that are not, amen, of the heavenly order. Let me remind you again, we have not come to a mountain that can be touched. We are not coming to a mountain that is burning or with trumpet, with blast and gloom. No, we've come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the firstborn. We've come to the place where thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels are gathered in joyful assembly. We've come. Can we track the comings of God in our day, in our time? Can we track the comings of God into our city? Can we be so amen, positioned that our expectations are not cut short? That our light, amen, are not dimmed just because we feel there's a delay? Awake, awake, O daughter of Zion. Put on strength. It's a brand new day. The Lord replied, Genesis 18, 13. This is what the Lord said to Abraham. Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I have a child now that I'm old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I told you in the beginning of this broadcast, God said to me, the, the church, the apostolic church, the firstborn church, the church of the third day, the church that will amen, engage the gates of hell in this end day, in this end of time, the church that will bring forth the counsels of God in this last day must be a church, amen, that is entrenched, well entrenched in the supernatural. Because everything that God does, hallelujah, is supernaturally induced. Principles are good. Values are good. Standards are good. But they mean nothing if we cannot walk in obedience, in faith that unleashes the supernatural. 
God just told us in the natural Sarah is past amen, the age of childbearing Abraham is old 100 years but God said now I'm ready what do you call that if that is not amen the supernatural I want to encourage you don't give up do not give up your faith do not give up believing God do not give up on yourself don't give up on, on what God has begun to do in your life because what God has begun to do in your life are things that he's managing by his own wisdom and in due time he will reveal that so that the powers of, of, of the systems of this world, when they see it, they will bow. That's what God wants to do. Sarah wants a child that she can prove to the world that after all, I'm also successful. I'm not barren. But God wants a son that he can use to advance his purpose. And his purpose attached to his timeline. What would he be? Would you want what you want for yourself? Or would you want, amen, what God wants for you based on his own timeline? Father, we thank you. Your word, your will, your counsels once again has been revealed. You are teaching us the principle of how to occupy till Christ's return. And what a word. What a word. What a word once again you have revealed to us. We enjoy this word. We celebrate this word. We appreciate this word. May this word continue to build us up. May this word continue to, yes, establish your counsel in our life. May this word continue to empower us, oh God. We, we honor you. We, we praise your name. We appreciate you, God. Take your place. Be glorified. Oh, hallelujah. Take your place, Father. May your will, your purpose alone be done. We thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everyone that has listened to this broadcast this morning. Thank you, Father, for what your spirit, yes, is doing in their life. Thank you for faith that has been awakened. Thank you, Father, for the liberty of your spirit. Oh, we rejoice. We rejoice in these words. We rejoice, oh God, in this declaration. We celebrate you, oh God. I bless you, Father, for everyone, oh God, that will leave this platform energized, equipped, empowered, knowing, oh God, that yes, delay is never a denial, that they will wait for you, that they will wait upon you. I bless you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you. Thank you for the principle of the Asian landmark, Asian path, kingdom lifestyle, kingdom authority, kingdom truth. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you for provision, sustenance in every area of our life. Your word will continue to grow. Yes, your word will continue to multiply in our spirit, in our heart. There would never be a diminishing of your word. May you continue to plant the seed of this truth in our heart. We bless you. We honor you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your holy name. Hallelujah. Praise be to your name. Father, we thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, thank you so very much for joining us. If the Lord has touched your heart this morning, you want to be a blessing right, to our walk here, please do. Right, you've got some information you know, on your screen. You want to be a blessing to this ministry, please do. Right, 
we do need uh, all the you know all the resources you know uh, particularly now that you know we we're shifting to a different uh, location all right so please do reach out to us be a blessing financially to our work continue to you know ask the lord to touch you how can you be a blessing to our work well you've, you've got you know our, our, our you know banking details there or maybe you want to reach out from outside south africa you can also give through paypal hopefully uh, uh, very soon we're going to work more on you know how people can really be a blessing to us financially outside south africa all right so we are grateful i am very grateful thank you so very much everyone god bless you may the lord continue to enrich you and we want to say thank you to everyone who at some point in time have been a blessing to us and those who are still being a blessing all right i am very grateful to you may god continue to increase you in every area what a word we have received this word this morning what a word my god what a word what a way to start what a way to you know get ourselves ready amen to step into another season god bless you enjoy the rest of your day we'll see you again wisdom is building our house